and boom goes the Episode 89 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how's the road treating you, man? I am not CM Punk, but I am back, baby. We <laughs> are great. The road's been good. I am uh, I am enjoying some pure Michigan this week. I uh, spent a little time in some beautiful parts of the uh, the mitten-shaped state, my home state. Uh, I was in Traverse City. I was on Mackinac Island yesterday, a beautiful destination. And I uh, feel great, been very disconnected from wrestling. So this will be a really fun podcast to make because, in my absence, I have not been keeping up at all. Uh, well, we like to, of course, thank uh, the Cubs fan for stepping in last week. And, uh, yes, and absolutely. And- that was my only connection to uh, wrestling. Jeff was listening to that episode. Big shout out and thank you to the Cubs fan for stepping in for me. I really enjoyed the episode. That was great. And uh, Cubs fan coming off the heels of uh, a big triple mania week was a great guest to have. Really happy he came on the show. Yeah. And shout out to Tom Batista of the Military Industrial Suplex as well because he uh, he, he was on standby as well. But, uh, yeah, Cubs, Cubs, Cubs uh, thanks for, for coming by. Let's, let's do it again sometime. We love to have friends uh, as Kaiju Big Battle friends around here. We love to chant friendship whenever we do friendship with our friends. Uh, yeah, so, and then uh, you forgot your mic cable, I, I guess. Uh, uh, yes, <laughs> I remembered a lot of stuff except for one very crucial piece of equipment, the cables that I needed. Uh, so I will fix that by next week but for this one we are recording from the iphone so apologies to any audio issues that may cause i'm doing my best hopefully it is acceptable to you the listener um so you you said you were uh you've been disconnected from wrestling so you kind of missed what happened on friday then what happened on friday um cm punk came back i don't know if you heard who's that some guy i phil brooks from ufc yeah, yeah, that guy. Wow, they're just letting any washed-up martial artist in there these days, huh? Ooh, ooh, hot take. Uh, no, that <laughs> oh. was that was um, actually a, a one. I actually did watch that live. That was now when I say live, I was not at the United Center, and I'm gonna actually that's gonna segue into another thing I'm gonna discuss here momentarily. Uh, that was actually a truly magical piece of wrestling television. Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, I did. I did watch it, you know, afterwards. I caught the, uh, you know, just the return segment uh, that was released on YouTube and subsequently some of the behind the scenes stuff. But uh, truly amazing and and done so organically. Uh, The build up leading to it, I thought was perfect. 
uh, in that they didn't explicitly announce his return, but we all just basically knew and we kept winking at the camera until it happened. And at that point, it was the best way to handle it. Uh, uh, the crowd, the swell was there, that anticipation, and it just boiled over so perfectly. The, uh, and, the, the, yeah, that's going to be wrestling history. It, the, it was truly amazing. It, 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 depending on how things go, this could be one of those, you know, sea change moments. You know, the, the it, you know the the, the the epoch has changed now. You know, you know, I I sent a uh, a couple of people. You know, somebody uh, tweeted at me the the landscape is changing. So of course I had to share. You know, the song "The Landscape Is Changing" by Depeche Mode with. Uh, oh, there you people. go. So you know. Uh, you know, shout out to and, and even if it's not like a a wrestling like cultural change moment or one that you know makes any kind of uh, impact there. What it will always represent is like a feel good moment in wrestling history that shows you like what the highs of this can be emotionally for the fans. You know, it shows you like really like when everyone has that buy in together, like what that can mean. And, and what wrestling can be, you know, when you add up all of its parts. And, and that's always going to live forever and always going to remind you that. And, and, you know, wrestling is a very cynical medium, especially for the fans. And it's such a, a non-cynical moment. Yeah. It's, and it's, yeah, so, I, it's wholesome. So I'm, I'm going to shout out my commissioning editor at FanFight, uh, Colette Arend. Uh, she posted... Um, an essay uh, about CM Punk's return, and uh, I, I'm just gonna let you. I'm just gonna say you should read it because it gets into a lot of that. And um, yeah, so I, I think you know what, what what kind of a moment it was and how much of a connection that people had to it. You know, it, it was an emotional moment. And of course, you know, we all know about the you know the crying fan caught on camera and and, and all yeah, that. Yeah, which and, is cool. It's super okay to cry at wrestling. Crying at wrestling rocks. I cried. Uh, if, if the cameras would have caught me at double or nothing when Cody and Dustin hugged, I would have been that fan. So, so and uh, it's fine. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk about uh, you know crying and, and feelings and wrestling uh, later on in this program. Uh, the one thing I am going to say, yeah, it was just a massive moment. I mean, there, there's yeah. no two ways about it. And I think it. it and it transcended just wrestling fans too. Like I spoke to multiple people who who aren't into wrestling or are new to wrestling, sort of who didn't weren't familiar with CM Punk or his career and could still feel it and what it meant. Right. And well, I mean, big. yeah, I mean, even, you know, Living Color, the band, were, were tweeting out, you know, about it. I mean, obviously, because they licensed, you know, and they do. And, they, and Living Color does have a pretty deep connection. They And they've played for CM Punk for his entrance live before. And that's really cool. So, like, that's cool that they had that connection and keep it. And, uh, you know, and, and to CM Punk's credit, we talked about this in the podcast before. And I, you know, brought up the idea that maybe he would make that change because he's done it before. And uh, CM Punk said uh, in the media scrum with Tony Khan after his return that that was not in consideration at any point. It was always going to be called to personality for the comeback. Uh, by the way, I'm just going to say uh, you all really should listen to Living Color, especially the Vivid album. But Time's Up is a really good album, too. Yeah, so. Living Color rocks. For sure. Oh yeah, I I, I I loved Living Color. I thought they were one of the the the, the best bands of their era, and you know, it, I also it just really like they... liked CM Punk's other entrance band, Kill Switch Engage. Really like them. Uh, not as high on them, but you know, different generations, I guess. But no, indeed. Um. Uh. So so two notes regarding this. Number one. Um. So it turns out that the ice cream bars that were given out were from a place that is five minutes drive from. My place of business, you, you may remember it, in Logan Square, 
Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty I've cool. Been, pretty cool is great. Yeah. I was not able to get one. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that they, that they made them until like halfway through Saturday. And I was uh, like, well, shit, I have no plans to go into the city this weekend. I so. uh, I do have a friend who was at the arena and was able to enjoy a CM Punk ice cream bar. So what what was the flavor of it? He didn't. I didn't get a great description on it, but he did say they were good. Okay, well then, so, fair enough. I know that much. I, I I will try to get more details, but I, I people seem to enjoy them, and I've I've had ice cream from Pretty Cool, and it's delicious. So yeah, I, I have yet to actually have them because they're usually not open when I'm in that area, and usually they I'm, were uh, very close to the apartment I lived in when I was in Chicago, so yeah. they were they were walking distance for me. Yeah, I mean technically they're walking distance from my office, but I mean you know every. As Stephen Wright once said, anywhere is walking distance if you have the time. So, um, and the other thing is that we, we now have the thrilling conclusion to the saga of "Am I selling my tickets?" And Paul, I gotta say, watching that on live worldwide TV and the fact that the new mask indoor mask mandate went into effect that day and was not being enforced whatsoever. I have absolutely no faith in the venues or Cook County to enforce it. So, yes, I am selling my tickets. I do not. With, with, with Delta going on, I found out over the weekend also that two of my former uh, in-law, you know, my uh, a, a former in-law nephew and niece, who are both, uh, I, I'm not going to get too much into it, but one of them is on a ventilator right now. Oh, and, um... Yeah, I, 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 I can't. You know, I have a son who is immunocompromised. You know, I'm immunocompromised. I'm type 2 diabetic, you know. Um, it, it, yes, we're both vaccinated. I just, it, it's, it's, I don't, I just don't feel it. I, I just can't. Yeah. You know? Ultimately, when it comes to making these decisions, some things are just simply more important than wrestling. And, you know, to any fans that are on the fence about that, I mean, it really is ultimately your decision to make and whether or not you feel safe with the choices you've made to this point. Now, obviously, if you're not vaccinated by this point, you shouldn't be really fucking anywhere. But if you are, then, yeah, there are some decisions to make regarding that. And you got to do whatever you feel is best. And you can still watch wrestling on TV. And, you know, to AEW's credit, uh, they do great uh, on the production side of things. Another thing, going back to the CM Punk thing, they released um, all the like uh, backstage, like the director's track. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to watch. Super it. interesting. It's really cool, and they're super excited too. And it's really well done. Uh, really uh, interesting kind of look behind the scenes at AEW, and uh, gave me uh, a really good feeling about the, their production team there too. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, so, yeah, you can watch it on TV and, uh, it'll be great. I I'm planning to, uh, so with that being said, I have, um, I have seats available for, uh, the dynamite next week. So, uh, I guess we will be doing a show next week now cause I'll be available. Right. Um, I so I have seats available for dynamite next week. I also have, uh, GA tickets, general admission tickets for both, uh, GCW black label pro three cups stuffed. Uh, and the Black Label Pro uh, Ground Control to Filthy Tom shows um, in the skate park in in uh, in Hoffman Estates. I also have ticket a a fourth row ticket for GCW The Art of War the Saturday night. Oh, I no longer I, I no longer have the all out tickets. I I have 
Money is not in hand yet, but I have agreements with at least two people if one of them falls through. Please respectfully stop asking me about the all-out tickets. I've only said it five <laughs> times. I do not have them anymore. <laughs> Folks, stop asking Jeff about the all-out tickets, but do buy the other show tickets from yes, Jeff. Yes, please, please buy the other show tickets. Uh, buy Jeff's it, ticket. And you know what? Even if wear, it, like, wear four masks. It's fine. Yeah, but Wear I mean, um, an extra mask. Go uh, wear the bubble from, from the Jake Gyllenhaal vehicle bubble boy. <laughs> the, the, one you were, the one you were supposed to put on me and put stickers yes. all over. Yes. Yeah, um, we were going to do it, but Jeff isn't going to do it. So you can have the bubble. The bubble comes with the tickets, actually. Jeff didn't want to. <laughs> Jeff wasn't going to give that away unless we really needed to. But I feel like we're a week away. We got to pull out all the stops here. Yes, so free please, bubble with purchase. Please. That, buy, that's buy, a guarantee. Please, please buy my tickets. And if you're that's EPMD, legally binding. And if you're EPMD, please listen to my demo. So, uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now, this is also where, because I am, of course, honest and, and like to be forthright, this is also where I reveal myself to be a massive hypocrite because tomorrow I'm actually going to a movie. But it's a special well, no movie. no one goes to the movies anymore. It's well, well, it's a special movie. Because it's, oh, it's a special movie. The movie is called The Show, and it is written by and featuring... One Mr. Alan Moore, so I kind of have to go to this one. <laughs> well, yeah, and and also gives us a chance to bring up Alan Moore on this podcast, which we love doing. We do actually love doing that. We but, love to bring up Alan Moore on this podcast about wrestling that has zero to do with Alan Moore in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, by the way, I I sent you that thing earlier. We, yeah, we, yeah, we do have to discuss this. Uh, I, I was well. Okay, uh, well, there's another connection to Alan Moore. I guess I also uh, do all of my work very high. So <laughs> I guess there's another connection this. to Alan Moore, <laughs> including this very podcast. Um, I showed uh, Paul a picture of a former keyboard that belonged to Alan Moore, and uh, that was that was sold on eBay, and there are burn marks all over this keyboard. <laughs> Yeah, I should probably retweet that from the Boom Goes the Dynamite account. Yeah, that's because right. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Good. Uh, and, and what is that account? Because I nearly forgot to <laughs> to mention the account last week. Oh, I don't. I, you know what? It's I gotta, I'd have to check the DMs. You you forgot what the account name is? Oh, of our account? Yes. <laughs> I you were about the other one. I thought you were talking about the account that tweeted the thing. No. Oh no, no, no that, that, that was moment of more. Ah <laughs> uh, no. Our account is at BGTD Podcast on Twitter. That's right. That's right. So I I, I can safely assume that you did not uh, watch either Elevation or Dark, so we can safely move on. I did not, Jeff. Um, uh, I, I did not either. So with that, we... I was eating white fish. Um, I was walking around an old uh, uh, Revolutionary War era fort. So okay. no time for, for Dark for me. Okay. Fair enough. Well, with that, I saw a cannon get fired. Like a, wow. it was, a, you know, they, like a, just like a salute shot. But it was really cool. I just wanted to. It was very cool. All and, right. And with that, right. we go live to the UWM Panthers Arena in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, episode eighty-nine of AEW Dynamite. Your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur, and we start off with a recap of CM Punk on Rampage, which we already talked at length about. So we're not going to rehash that again, but. Uh, we then go into our first match of the evening, Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy. Uh, I actually thought this was an amazing start. Uh, well, not amazing, an amusing start to the match. Uh, this was, I mean, what I thought this was, it speaks to 
what you can do when you truly gain crowd buy-in, right? And like what the power of that is. It reminded me kind of of another match I love talking about in this podcast, Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. A right. match that only existed because you have crowd uh, like buy-in and their commitment to make this match happen with you. And that's exactly what this first opening segment was, and it was super fun. Yeah, this was a fun match. Uh, we got some unexpected uh, color in this match, too. Yeah, yeah, Matt did. I mean, Matt isn't moving great anymore, so bleeding does kind of make up for that. I mean, it's like a classic aging wrestler trick. I can't move, so I'll just start bleeding more, and everyone will still think it's cool. Um, Orange Cassidy did a swanton bomb with hands in pockets, and then tried to do the delete the delete spot, and then tried to twist, and then and later succeeded with a twist of fate. That was nice. Yeah, but, I thought that was. Uh, there were some really cool variations on both, of, like what they do as far as crowd work, and then getting that back into their move sets. Uh, the finish came when Orange Cassidy basically did a victory roll on Matt Hardy and while sticking his hands in his pockets. <laughs> the hands in the pockets on the roll was a nut. I can't believe I ha- I don't know if I've seen him do that before. I feel like he probably has, right? You, you'd think he has. The but way I he did like it, it you think that he... long to get here. That's like really cool that we're still inventing stuff with it. Yeah, so that that was that was a, a, a fun over that 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 match overachieved. Honestly, I thought absolutely. It, it, I it, totally it, agree. It overachieved. Uh, we then get a promo from Malachi Black that I thought was pretty good, actually. Yeah, yeah. I um just he really is believable. He's got the attitude, man. He does. He does indeed. And then uh, we go to commercial. And, we and come- it's, 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 I mean, it's a lot of it's aesthetic too, right? Like just the simple black background. It's like a lot of what he did as Alistair Black in WWE and what I think people were a little worried about him wading into when he got to AEW was he tends to overthink and kind of overproduce his characters a little bit. And sometimes it's just a little too much. Like that presentation is it's the simplest but most effective, right? So it just and it kind of had that like a little bit of an old school. It's still a wrestling promo, uh, uh, and yeah, it it just just all of that's working. Yeah, so that was that was pretty good. Uh, we then come back from commercial and we get uh, Chris Jericho in the ring and he's uh, very upset with himself for uh, not uh, not beating MJF uh, in the fifth labor. Last Another week. thing that I missed, yeah. So he lost the fifth labor, eh? He did. He tapped out clean at that. So, uh, but he has a proposal for Maxwell Jacob Freeman. He says that all out that he wants one more match, and then if uh, if Jericho loses this one, if he goes zero and four, if he's an offer against MJF, he will the golden sombrero. He, yes, he will quit wrestling in AEW and just become a commentator. So uh, we, I guess, kind of one of those foregone conclusion matches, but I do still think that they have a good pay-per-view match in them. I'm glad this is the end of this feud. Uh, where I'm, I mean, I don't really think there's a lot left in this for me. Yeah. So there's, but I, I do think that there's a good wrestling match there. Like bell to bell, I think will be entertained. Uh, I obviously Jericho's not going to stop wrestling in AEW forever, so. Yeah, I we mean, know who's winning this one, but I mean, so far, you know what? When, when, when stipulations have have come up in AEW, so far they, they've been adhered to because you know Cody Rhodes has 
get to challenge for the AEW world title again. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't see Jericho quitting here. Um, Jericho's retirement, you know, knowing we all know who Chris Jericho is and what Chris Jericho is about. When Chris Jericho really does stop wrestling, he's going to make a really, really big deal out of it. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, the biggest deal out of it. It's going to be like Jericho month on fucking AEW. It's going to be like Wednesday night Jericho, Friday night Rampage is Jericho. Uh, we're going to have the next pay-per-view will be like full Jericho. It, it, it's going to last longer than Antonio Inoki's final countdown, which lasted four years. Oh, so, man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, we then get a promo with uh, the Varsity Blondes featuring your your beautiful baby boy. Who is getting a little bit better in front of the camera, Jeff. He is. I agree. I, I, he's, I, starting to, he's starting to get a, a little better feel for it. Uh, this transitions directly into our second match of the evening, an AEW World Tag Team title eliminator match in which uh, Joker El Cerro Miedo y Rey Phoenix contra your beautiful baby boy, Griff Garrison, and his idiot cousin, Brian Pillman Jr. And you want to talk about matches that are overachieving, and it's hard to say anything the Lucha Brothers do overachieves. But this match was uh, better than even this one was a little better than I expected with the time it had. And unexpectedly, I thought Brian Pillman Jr. really shined in this one, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, we have to point out that the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers both were, uh, you know, took their they, they they perched themselves at the top of the ramp, just like they did on Rampage on Friday. Yes, um, they were hanging. And, uh, yeah, at one point, uh, Chris pointed this out to me to, to tell you that at one point on the Fight TV feed, uh, Jim Ross mentioned that uh, Griff was kind of looking like David Von Erich. <laughs> you, oh, you know what's so funny about that, Jeff? When I was watching the beginnings of this match, I was thinking to myself, who is Gr like Griff Garrison? Like, obviously, Griff Garrison can wrestle, and he's getting more comfortable. But we know Griff Garrison's future is probably in like a different version than what we're seeing right now. Like ultimately, where he ends up with his ceiling. And I was thinking, what is that ceiling? And I started thinking, this guy's like a Von Eric. And so I'm kind of with Jr. on this. Wow. <laughs> I thought about Carrie a little more. I thought like there's like a Texas tornado thing here. Um, as but, long as he yeah, doesn't start I, wrestling like, barefoot like like Kevin did. Yeah, I mean, I don't. There's a lot of uh, things I don't want him to share with the Von Erics, uh, right? <laughs> but the wrestling abilities and things like that, yeah. No, I I think uh, uh, Von Eric esque is a accurate descriptor. I'm with Jr. on this. Uh the uh, the end comes with an assisted uh, package driver. Uh, Ray Phoenix pins Brian Pillman Jr. This was a really really good match, and then I super enjoyed it. What was it? Maybe like eight minutes. Something like that. I mean, it went to a long. it went to a picture in picture. So we did so, get picture in picture, but the picture in pictures are usually like a minute and a half. So yeah, even there, like I don't think it was very long of a match, but it was very efficient. Uh, afterwards, we have uh, Jurassic Express enter the ring because now this is the final that will happen uh, this Friday on Rampage, which you will be yeah. talking about when you make your triumphant return to uh, once again. Another return after a long, long hiatus. Yeah, we'll be <laughs> back for the first time, uh, for the third time, on episode three of Wrestling Brain Rampage, which I'm very excited about as well. Now, one thing that was fun was uh, the Bucks shoved, uh, you know, Jurassic Express into the Lucha Brothers 
But for once, the baby faces didn't act like complete dipshits, and they went after actually went after the young bucks and the and the uh, and the good brothers. <laughs> yes, it's and it's you know stuff like that that um, you know I think a lot of us fans really like about AAW specifically because these type of things are you know they they're a little more logical and they don't insult the fans' intelligence. Well, I mean, you, you know, uh, I have been complaining for a while about how fucking stupid the baby faces. If I I did this uh, last Friday because we had a group of babies get together after the main event at Rampage. It's like, wait a minute. So we we get the baby faces all together to take out Daniel Garcia and 2.0, but not the elite. <laughs> Okay. Well, you gotta <laughs> you do. Know. You know, you gotta wait for that next week, brother. It's TV. Yeah. Well. Eventually, right? <laughs> I mean, right. at least we at least we finally had our meaningful the the baby faces getting a meaningful win over the elite. We finally had that. So yeah, yeah. At, at least that 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 hurdle's been cleared. So, uh, we then get a uh, a promo with Andrade El Idolo e Chavito Guerrero, uh, which was okay. Yes, you know. Yeah, I mean, effective in getting us like you know this episode as a like penultimate you know dynamite before their uh, go home and you know going into the all out pay per view. Uh, you know they they did a good job moving a lot of stuff forward, sometimes in more exciting ways than others. But this was what it was, and just to kind of get us you know to the next thing. You know, we know what's coming up, but we've kind of. I guess like the, that's kind of hit a wall creatively. We're just waiting for the match now, right? Yeah, I I, I, th- I think so. And honestly, um, spoilers. I think after this is kind of when the show kind of hit a, a bit of a wall too. So uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna keep on with that. Uh, the uh, our third. I would match... say the first hour was stronger than the second. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, in ring for sure. Promo wise. Eh. Promo-wise, we were still kind of there, but we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, get into yeah. that. Um, our third match of the evening, uh, Red Velvet versus uh, the re-debuting Jamie Hayter with uh, Rebel and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. Oh, you were a full second behind me that time. Nice. Damn. Damn. Um, so, uh, yeah, first of all, the women's segment came early today. Yeah, a little bit. Um we got it, what, so the last match before the second hour yeah. start, started, right? Yeah, usually it's... Because Punk brought in the second hour. Yeah. So that would be, Which is yeah, smart, the, but the yeah. hour, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah that's, that's an all right spot for yeah. it. Yeah, usually those happen, what, middle of the second hour is where we usually get the women's match? Usually, like, usually around, you know, 8, 10, 8, 20, yeah. Usually, yeah, yeah. Well, my time, anyway. Central um, time, which... I do personally. I, I miss Central Time. I think Central Time's the best time, American time zone. You know what? After living in Eastern Time, well, actually, for part of that, Indiana couldn't decide if it was uh, Eastern or Central. But you know, after uh, after twenty eight years of living kind of between the two, yeah, you know what? Central Time it rocks. Central I, Time, I, yeah. We're, uh, we're, this is a pro Central Time podcast. I agree. Um, now, Jim Ross had a line in here when he was babbling on about something. And he said that this is not a place to reconcile your feelings. Uh, Jim, since when? <laughs> <laughs> look, man, he's trying. Look, he's at least making a conscious effort to be slightly less horny. And I guess I respect that. I mean, you know. It, it, That's it, all you can it, ask it, of the guy, right? I mean, it's hardly Dragon Gate, you know, <laughs> as far as. Hardly. 
hardly Dragon Gate as far as you know pro wrestling about your feelings. But I mean, let's but also face it. like I'm like a match like Jamie Hader versus Red Velvet could explode that poor man's pacemaker. So like, let him calm down, please. Oh uh, boy, uh, the crowd kind of died during this match. I noticed. A little bit, and I think a lot of that is because they don't necessarily have the familiarity with Jamie Hayter yet. Um, yeah, well, uh, co- COVID that, helped interrupt that quite a bit. Yes, it did, but I think we'll get there because she's really good. She has a really striking appearance in that division, uh, and you know she's rolling with Britt Baker. She's rolling with the big shots right now, so that'll be a big rub for her. Eventually, uh, I'm sure that turns, but uh, and that, then we'll get a good match out of that. Yeah, and I also I I think that maybe they were kind of barking up the wrong tree here with having Red Velvet trying to be the baby against uh, Britt because uh, the crowd still absolutely love Britt, and I I think they they need to rethink their strategy on that. Although you know Chris Statlander does kind of bring that back a little bit. Uh, they they yeah, kind of and- bring him back in. But ultimately, like this is one of those kind of gray area sort of programs where. You know, the, the crowd's going to be different on different nights, but it'll all be organic and it'll all be strong reactions either way. So, you know, why overthink it? You know, why mess with it? Just let it organically. Let it let it be what it needs to be. Uh, the ending comes with a uh, horrific botch by <laughs> Red Velvet. Yeah, what happened there? She I, missed I, football, she huh? She missed and she, she face-planted uh, right on there and... Yeah, and, you know, Jamie Hayter, you know, pinned her after that. Yeah, It was that, almost like she either wasn't moving because, like, she thought that was the cell or just she was too embarrassed to get up after. Or maybe she was stunned a little bit, too. I mean, maybe, yeah, I thought, I was like, maybe she got knocked out, but she got up and seemed to have finished the match, like, totally competently and, like, didn't seem uh, like there was any problems after. It looked like she got checked on. It looked like Jamie checked on her um, and the ref checked on her. So, yeah. I think it was okay. Yeah, maybe she was just like, oh, shit, what happened? Yeah, Red Velvet, uh, she did not have a good night, unfortunately. Uh, you know, look, man, she hasn't even been wrestling that long, and I think she's uh, way ahead of her experience overall. Sometimes you're going to have rough nights, man, and that's one of the things that's tough about being someone with less experience who is you know, put in these higher-profile positions and programs. You're going to have to take your lumps on live national TV sometimes. Yeah, no, it, it it is true. It is true. So um, we as the fans, you have to just, I guess, show a little level of understanding, take the good where it is, and say, you, you know, hopefully we learn from that. I mean, I'm not mocking her for it, but I am. No, gonna, no. I am, am I, am I going to lie about it? No. Oh, no, you we got to bring it up. She fucked up. Yeah, she, she kind of did. Shit um, happens, man. Sometimes Chris we fuck, fuck up. Wrestling's hard. Uh, Chris Atlander, of course, does uh, face off against... Uh, Brit after the afterwards and you know the, the crowd kind of got into that one you know they well they, they I mean, like them some think, aliens so i think the crowd was happy to have a very important uh cosmic question answered jeff something that i think you know has been in the minds of of humankind for centuries and it's do aliens wear denim and the answer jeff is yes hell yeah they do you know they do uh, well, i do now we then get a backstage promo where uh, the Dark Order is uh, not happy with one another right now. Um, yeah, so there's another thing that I missed. Is so, like hey, Dark Order is not friends anymore. Well, I mean, they're just having a little bit of a tiff, you know. Th- thing, things happen. And you know what? They're reconciling their feelings right now. 
JR. <laughs> this isn't the place for it, Jeff. But it's not the but, place. But is it though? Is it wrestling is literally 100% about feelings? Yes, it, it's and the totally... like a lit of a, 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 a wrestling feud. Almost a hundred percent of the time is just people reconciling their feelings. Yeah, um, with each other. I, I I love the fact that uh, oh god, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. The 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 other Beaver Boy. That's not John Silver. Oh, Alex Reynolds. Alex Reynolds. Sorry, sorry, Alex Reynolds. My bad. I I blanked. How about an, Alex Reynolds? We know who you are. Uh, I, I'm an old man. I apologize. This happens. <laughs> um, it, w- w- when he actually busts out the "Wake Up Your Mind" line, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> mm. uh, so yeah, there. Uh, this is interesting. This is not the direction I expected. I thought Evil Uno would take a little bit of a tougher stance. But uh, he seems to be kind of caving, and I wonder if this is maybe a misdirection or if, yeah, we're going towards the kind of broken friendship angle here. And uh, that's where it looks like it's going at the moment. Uh, We then come back at the top of the second hour. We get Tony Schiavone and CM Punk in in the ring cutting a promo, and good Lord, that man can cut a promo. Oh, yeah, and, like, obviously a much smaller crowd, but so much feeling from that crowd and so much energy still like this really like from from rampage on friday through tonight still it feels like a victory lap almost like just being there is a win and you know what cm punk's presence in general and obviously we have to talk about punk a lot and we're going to be talking a lot about punk in the coming weeks and months i think like i feel like we're going to be dedicating a lot of time on our show here uh, uh to cm punk but CM Punk's return to wrestling and to AEW really is like a victory for wrestling and the the health of wrestling as a whole because CM Punk walked away and left wrestling for very specific reasons, right? Yes. Uh, And and, and for the state of, of specifically WWE, how he was treated and how that was kind of uh, um, a microcosm of like wrestling at large and what it had become under the thumb of, of, of WWE. Uh, and the fact that an environment now exists where CM Punk can comfortably return and go back to doing what he was doing is in and of itself a victory for wrestling and shows you that wrestling is in a good place or at least a much better place than it was seven years ago. When CM Punk walked away. Um, I have heard, and I, I can't confirm because I don't watch WWE programming and I haven't since, you know, the, uh, since, you know, well, you know, two decades ago now. Um, I heard that SummerSlam was a complete fucking disaster. I heard there were some good matches on it. A couple people said there was some better wrestling than you would have uh, thought with people, some people talking about it as a whole, but. Yeah, from what I've seen, it they they they're making some wild decisions over there. Well, obviously, not only that, but about that, but well, like, ooh, well I mean, not only in the ring. I mean, like production wise and and behind the scenes, it was a. I heard it was just a complete disaster. Not least of which for reneging on what they promised the city of Las Vegas about when the show was going to end because of the Manny Pacquiao fight. Whoops! Which yeah. wild Pacquiao lost that fight? Ooh, did he? Yeah, he Pacquiao got decision. I missed it because I was uh, uh, getting drunk at a bachelor party. Yeah, I was just getting drunk. That's why I missed it. 
Um, uh, so we all caught the very subtle nuance of, of CM Punk uh, confirming Brian Danielson is coming without really confirming Brian Danielson. Is what we love, Jeff, here at Boom Goes the Dynamite is we love subtlety. We love subtext. Uh, you know, we love not being overt. Yeah, so, you know, we have that. And then we have someone who is no subject. And we love patience, which CM Punk asked us asked us for, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give it to him. Uh, we then have somebody who is no subtext, uh, the Redeemer Miro, declaring that he yes. will forgive Fuego del A Sol. A subtle man. God loves me, my wife is hot. Yes, and uh, he is calling out some Eddie Kingston. When he said, bring me the Mad King, I was like, Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is good. That's a match that I'm very much looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Very few people are as good at taking an ass whooping as Eddie Kingston. Um, and I'm, you know, fully confident that Miro is going to beat the shit out of him, but it's going to be great. Um, this leads King's to... gonna King's gonna give him a fight, but ultimately we know what that's gonna end up as. Uh, this leads us into our fourth match of the evening: uh, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen with Steve Stinger versus uh, the Wingmen. We haven't seen them in a few minutes on Dynamite. Getting the as... jobber entrance on Dynamite. Oh yes, yeah. Cesar Bononi, Ryan Nemeth, JD Drake with pre Peter Avalon. Um, J.D. Drake apparently just found Anthony Agogo's Peaky Blinders gear and was like, oh, I think that's what we'll wear. Agogo's not back, right? Yeah, he ain't, okay, he ain't, I'll take it. Yeah, he ain't using it. Yeah, yeah um, gonna, he said, <laughs> J.D. Drake just starts talking with a British accent. <laughs> Oi, I'm from the wingman, <laughs> innit? <laughs> Oi, my name's J.D. Drake, innit? Oh, strike a <laughs> light, governor. <laughs> hello, yep, hello, poppet. <laughs> Um, you know what? I only have one line. This was just kind of an all right schmoz of a match. I mean, it was just yeah, yeah. It was what it was. But uh, I really they, like the uh, the the sting walking Peter Avalon into the beating spot. I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, you know Darby Allen wins with a coffin drop on JD Drake. Um, and then we get Daniel Garcia just coming yeah. in and beating beating fuck out of random people, which was interesting. I will say this. Not really a great way to sell your fans on this not very large guy, Daniel Garcia, as like a tough ass kicker when Bryce Remsburg can just like shove his ass out of the ring with no problems. Well, you know, everybody, you know, can get a lucky shot in. I'm just Uh, saying, like, if you're getting tossed by Remsburg, like you're not convincing me that you can beat up guys like John Moxley. Yeah, that much is true. Um we then go backstage when they're talking about the uh, the the uh, the women's casino battle royale that's going to happen at at All Out, and uh, we get Ty Conti on our TV for the first time in a while. Hey, with she's uh, been on Dark and Elevation quite a bit lately. Yeah, when but but watch, not on usually because she has a match, and I'll just check that out. But not on television. On, no, not on television. Not on television. And, I hope uh, we see more of her on Rampage. But yeah, it was great to have. That'd be nice. Um. Boy, that fucking forearm that she laid into Allie the Bunny with. Well, before that, Allie slapped the shit out of her. Yeah, and she took Allie it, really too. Allie really put that slap in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, was a, that was a good segment. Allie, underrated. Allie stays underrated. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there, Paul. Throw it, Jeff. If we did not get Ty Conti facing off against Minoru Suzuki when he's doing his U.S. tour in September oh, and October. Oh, my God, please. 
Oh my God! We please, we please. will have missed an opportunity here. They that needs that needs to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Ty I Con- would forgive the Orange Cassidy match not happening in that instance. Ty Conti versus Minoru Suzuki must fucking happen. Oh man. Oh, talk about dream matches. Oh my Folks, God. Talk about dream matches. No, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the women's casino battle Royale. I'm sure we'll talk about that more, uh, when we preview all out, but, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be some really cool surprises and some interesting stuff in that one. Uh, we then get a promo from FTR where they once again show all the damage that happened to cash Wheeler. So yeah, that was, so it was like a pinch and we talked about it maybe being a break. It wasn't a break. He just like got a really severe pinch. That, like, uh, we were told that out. a bone broke through his skin. No, no. So that's where I think we were wrong, and that's where you miss. We missed it. So like that's why they keep showing the stretchy part. Mm. He just got like his skin pinched in there, and then it stretched really, really far, and then it, like tore it open. Right, but he says he's having some nerve issues there in his... Yeah, because uh, like when you get it ripped open that deep, there are some nerves there. Yeah, so... Um, but they do promise that there's going to be uh, a, a one last match, at least, with for FTR. Um, I just want to shout out uh, Dax Harwood's uh, Miracle Violence Connection t-shirt that he was wearing. Oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah, do you know who the... You, you do know who the Miracle Violence Connection is, of course. I do not. That would be Doctor Death, Steve Williams, and Terry Bam Bam Gordy when they were in all, ah. when they were in all Japan. Okay, nice. So yeah, yeah, that, they they're the kind of guys that would have that shirt. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, that, I mean, yeah you, you, you that really love. is on brand. Absolutely, that really, you know, if they're gonna like any all Japan team, it's probably gonna be that one. You know? I feel, uh, you know, I feel the same way. And I guess this is probably just where I'm at with Inner Circle versus Pinnacle as a whole. I feel like we are also at the natural endpoint of FTR and uh, uh, Proud and Powerful, so I'm I am glad that we're blowing this feud off as well. I would just like to see all these people move on from each other at this point. No, I agree, uh, and, and, and Cubs and I said that too. I think we, we, we've hit the natural end. At this yeah, point. we're there. Yeah, we're there, and uh, yeah. Also, I don't know if uh, FTR would ever get into Holy Demon Army. Though. Uh, as, as much. They're pretty tough dudes. I mean, you know, Kawada and Tawe. They did you punch a guy. Them. They did punch a guy who tried to assault Bret Hart. That's true. They did. So, all forever cool in my book. Speaking of Canadians, we get uh, a promo with Kenny Omega, Don Callis, and Christian Cage. That's a lot of Canadians oh, in one that's, ring. That's a few Canadians. That's a that's a few Canadians. I did not care for this promo. Um, I actually kind of liked it. I not, these guys are so good at being annoying shit heels, and I liked Christian Cage's side of it a lot. Um, you know, he got the he got the carny piece of shit thing going, he got the whole chance, and got the crowd really into that part. His yeah. timing was great. Um, you know, just his charisma really uh, kept but, this uh, Don Callis manipulating a ten year old, which. Uh... Ooh, <laughs> I mean, look, man, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck and it manipulates like a duck, uh, it's probably pro wrestling. Yeah, probably. Uh, we then get, of course, you know, the beat down from from the heels. And then uh, we get Frankie Kazarian running in who doesn't even get elite his own. Hunting. He doesn't even this get character his own rocks. Music. It's just like he's going to be mad at the elite forever. He's just going to keep attacking them. I just, it's it's yeah, so fun. Yeah, we, we he, have any... he does nothing besides strictly piss these guys off. And we haven't even acknowledged Christopher Daniels in months. <laughs> no, he's, you know, aging. Yeah, he is. 
Uh, freaking because they run around. Oh nope! All my one, my my one friend's old, and my other friend just found another tag partner and an an MMA guy. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, we didn't all get alone. a we didn't get a backstage promo with John Moxie where he reveals his opponent for All Out and is going to be one leader of Bread Club, Satoshi Kojima. Yeah, this uh, is fun. Shit. Of course, you this know. This is fun. I told this. I also to my... like how Moxley uh, addressed the elephant in the room right away, and he said, "I got the contract. I know who it isn't." Yeah. And you I, I like that. Isn't. And I like how I like how he's chasing the ace now. I think this is a really good storyline because eventually we're going to get the match. It's going to happen. I mean, we have but... to. I mean, considering Tanahashi is the. IWGP US champion now too. Right, but and I also remember that when he won that belt, he did promise Archer that it that would be his first match back on American soil. Yes, yes he did. So he did promise Archer the match ahead of Mox. So that's an interesting little uh, uh wrinkle to it as well, you know what I mean? Indeed. So this might be kind of some long-term storytelling and I re- I'm really here for it. But also, you know, it, it also continues the thread of uh, of Moxley beating up, you know, the third generation too, because <laughs> he already rocks. He, he already went up against Yuji Nagata, and that match was cool. Um, yeah. That was so for sure. I don't know, you know, people who were criticizing Satoshi Kojima coming in, uh, sit down, man. Are there people doing that? There are. Boo! Shut up. Yeah, that, that, that's not true. Why don't and, you try having fun? And nerd. damn it! And, and God damn it! No, I, of course we decide to sell the tickets and like, oh fuck, I've never seen Kojima live. God yeah, that would it. be pretty cool. Yeah, well. but you know what? The, the, there's greater concern. Uh, our fifth match of the evening: Billy Austin and Colton Gunn versus. If, before I move on, real quick, what if Satoshi Kojima had the concession stands all give everyone free bread, like Punk did with the ice cream? Just everyone gets a baguette. You know what? That would rule. You know what? I'd be really. I'll tell that. you what. I. You know what? Right by the arena, about you know, a couple miles, uh, it, it, a couple miles, uh, due east on I ninety is uh, a Ganella factory. Well, let's start making some bread, man. Let's do it. Let's let's, let's get it let's, going. Let's get to bacon. Oh um, man, bread night it all out. I'm super down for that. Uh, Billy Austin and Colton Gunn versus QT Marshall, Nick Camarado, and Aaron Solo. I have one word for this match, which is, eh. I mean, I I still think Nick Camarado's got a got a thing that we could do stuff with eventually. Uh, Not here, he doesn't. The no, this factory stuff is like whatever. I, I mean, yeah, obviously Nick Camarado's success in AEW is not going to come in this iteration, but there is something there. So it's nice to just kind of see that and kind of check in on his progress, I guess. Um, the Gun Club are what they are. I like when they do matches like on dark and elevation and stuff. They're they're pretty fun. I think the whole like uh, uh, you know shitheads hanging out with my also shithead dad is it's they're they're very Florida. It's like a, like a Florida family. <laughs> They're like a family of people that Raylan Givens is chasing on Justified. Oh wow! Uh, like that's like, and I like that. What, what um, was yeah, the this, thing? What was the thing I sent you the other day? Something about Kevin Nash and somebody from Justified going at each other on Twitter, like oh, in yeah. 2013. The guy that the guy that plays uh, Raylan's boss on Justified really isn't acting like he's like a conservative shithead marshal on tv and like a conservative shithead actor in real life um 
so much so that there's an episode of Justify where you can clearly like he's uh, like listening to the radio like in his car and he's listening to Limbaugh. And you could tell like that was his idea. He's like, oh, yeah. oh, I'm listening to Rush for sure. <laughs> but you know, he's he's just that guy, and he like gets into arguments with people online a lot. Shout out to Rush Limbaugh, burning in hell. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's definitely in hell. Suck it, loser. Yep. Uh, we We're still go- broadcasting, and you're not because you're dead. <laughs> uh, we then get uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, this whole thing is just leading up to Paul White versus QT Marshall. Which okay, yeah, it, it'll be cool to see Paul White choke slam QT Marshall. That's yep. literally it. That's all I need, brother. That's fine by me. What else do I? What else do you want Paul White to do in the ring besides choke slam people you don't like? I think that's a perfect role for him. We then get uh, Dan Lambert and the men of the year. And, uh, you know, Dan Lambert being a, a, an even more shithead version of Jim Cornette. Well, I was going to say, speaking of conservative talk radio shitheads, I'm loving Dan Lambert, the conservative talk radio shithead wrestling <laughs> yeah. man. It's so fucking good. Oh, I love this. Oh, boy. This is good. No, this is going to be some good heat right here. Because here's the thing. The kind of people like the I mean, not to stereotype, but like like millennial like wrestling fans that lean a little bit left are like AEW's like target audience. So like guys like Dan Lambert are going to piss people off. And that's just heat, brother. We then get a backstage segment with Arn Anderson basically saying it is what it is with uh, with, with the son going to get murdered in the ring in our main event of the evening. Uh, Brock, yeah, you gotta let them spread their wings and fly, man. Brock Arnson versus Tommy, 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 fucking Malachi Black, and uh, you know what? It, you know what? I, I had to drop that bit. It, it really just doesn't flow at all, does it? Yeah, and you know what? The name Malachi Black is starting to work for me more and more. I it actually, actually is. Cool. It, it actually kind of is. And I uh, think maybe because he's embodied the character now, and like I think like we were concerned about. Uh, uh, Malachi Black and like what he would do, you know, with a full green light, and if he would be like overwrought or kind of leaning cheesy and get into the kind of shit that bogged him down in WWE. But so far, he's proving that all that shit was WWE's fault because he's firing on every single cylinder here. That entrance rules. The entrance that rules. That's really cool, man. Um, First of all, why does Brock Anderson have like a pseudo psychedelic opening to his entrance? I mean, it just says Brock Anderson. <laughs> I I don't know. You know, graphic design is somebody's passion back there. Uh, also, I noted that uh, Brock Anderson would not have looked uh, too out of place in uh, peak Jumbo Saruta '80s All Japan. <laughs> oh, for sure, for yeah. sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, he is a he is a true. I know people like to use that term like throwback as kind of a cliche for wrestlers of his ilk, but he is a true throwback wrestler. Uh, also, at this, age twenty four. Also, this was a. Are you, are you sure about that? That I mean, according to friend of the podcast Chris Damasano, yes. Damn, he's like anywhere from he, 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 you know you could tell me he was anywhere between twenty and forty seven, and I would believe every bit of that. Brock Arnson is eternal. Brock Arnson went to the beach that made you old, and it didn't even make him old. <laughs> uh, this was that's the twist. Sorry, spoilers for old. The twist of the movie is that Brock <laughs> Brock Arnson saves everybody by not getting old at the beach. Uh, this was 
pretty much a squash, and I don't know why this was the kind main. Kind of, but I don't know why. A little bit. A little bit, not much. I this was not a main event match. I'm for, I, for especially the week before All Out Week starts. You know, I, the only answer I have as to why they decided to slot it there is one, they didn't really have anything else to put there, kind <laughs> of. And two, I think they wanted to to show Malachi's cool new entrance, uh, in in that slot. Well, That's really the only thing I can think of. Like, and I guess you know, classic AEW nepotism. They're really into nepotism there. They like it. They like they like people that are related to people. They're indeed. fans of it. Indeed. Um. So with that, uh, you know, he kicks uh, Arn Anderson. Uh, Arn Anderson's showing some smarts there. Mm-hmm. Blocking yeah, that by first one. putting by putting his arm where the kick goes. Yep, and then uh, yeah, but yeah, it backfired I like, on. I him like the anyway. idea of him like blocking a kick and Malachi being like, "What? Oh, fuck. what did you do? <laughs> what was that thing you just did? It's it, it's how like am I supposed to kick you if you do that? Stop, stop doing that. Like the end of Kung Fu Hustle, master. <laughs> he doesn't understand the concept of blocking. He's just like, and he's just all mad. Like, stop doing that. <laughs> stop <laughs> it. Stop. No. Ref, no, ref, listen, you saw what he did with his arm? He can't do that. Tell him to stop. <laughs> uh, like I say, it's, it's, like, it's like, like, really like, like I say, it's like the end of Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he doesn't know how to do, the beast doesn't know how to do the, the Buddhist palms. I, <laughs> because that was the only one that was, wasn't available when he bought all of the other manuals when he was a kid. I love that movie. Kung Fu Hustle is a great oh, Kung movie. Kung Fu Hustle is good. They, they, keep uh, ta- they keep talking about a sequel. I really just hope they don't ever do a sequel because I don't think they could ever. At this point, probably too late. Yeah, you know, the magic passed. Like the, you know, the moments pass. You know, just, just watch Super Troopers 2. Or just don't. Or don't watch Super Troopers 2. You know what I'm saying? Which is which is uh, the, the, the better... Uh, which which is the better uh, Stephen Chow movie? Uh, uh, Kung Fu Hustle or uh, Shaolin Soccer? Oh, I love Shaolin Soccer. Man. I it's really love close for that me. movie. I remember going down to Florida, and and when we were trying to clean up the place as we were about to leave, that that we stayed in for the week, and we had the TV on, and it came on to a Spanish language station called Football Kung Fu. Hell yeah! Now yeah. we're talking. Hell yeah! I love that movie. Yeah, both movies really are great. Cool. You know, uh, Kung Fu Hustle. You know what the Kung Fu Hustle does have the landlady and she is like one of the greatest characters yeah. ever in cinema. I should watch those movies again. That's a good idea. Oh, um, yeah. So before we get like too deep back, back into Stephen Chow, uh, Malachi black kicks off some Anderson heads. Um, and then the big save, the big reveal, the big moment to save the show at the end. Jeff, are you ready? Are you ready? Is Cody Rhodes coming back? No, Cody Rhodes can't be coming back. It's big shoddy Lee Johnson. Remember when it's I said this? Really, remember when I said this really wasn't a main event segment? Yeah. <laughs> what if? What if? You know, we you know what would be maybe a more successful uh, angle for for Big Shotty Lee Johnson is if he started just going by Big Johnson and like started rocking those. Remember the Big Johnson T-shirts that they sell at, like vacation like y- destiny. Y- y- yes, uh, I remember those. Yeah, speak softly and carry a Big Johnson. Yeah, life's a beach when you got a Big Johnson stuff like that. Yeah, and it was always like the little the little guy, but instead he could be the guy in all the pictures. He'll be in like the little, and we can just uh, we can resell the Big Johnson shirts, repackage them for Big Shotty Lee, Big Johnson. Paul, exactly how much wine and edibles did you have today? <laughs> yes, 
And with that, we end episode 89 of AEW Dynamite. Yeah, the, I, I, overall, I thought that the second hour kind of fell off a cliff a little bit. I mean, if not a cliff, like at least uh, uh, a steep steep incline. Yeah, like a relatively high grade hill, you know, something that you wouldn't, you know, you might want to watch your step on at the very least. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can follow me on Twitter at Cool Step Uncle. This podcast at BGTD Podcast on Twitter, of course. And Friday nights, check me out on twitch.tv slash wrestling brain for Wrestling Brain Rampage immediately after AEW Rampage goes off the air. Me and Sick Nick East will uh, recap Rampage, uh, hang out with chat, and uh, all kinds of other fun stuff. So check us out there. Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. My personal Twitter at GD Wessel 2 S's 1 L. Please relieve me of my tickets. I mean, uh, seriously. Buy uh, Jeff's hit, tickets. Buy, buy my tickets. I don't have the all out tickets. Everything else is still up for grabs. Please I'm buy calling my the episode. I'm, I'm calling this episode Buy Jeff's Tickets. There you go. See, you, you, see, I, I got, I, see, I got you last week, too. With the, the Paul's not here, man. I was not there, man. No, you were not. You were. I was barely here this week. You were you weren't even at the you didn't even <laughs> go to that Tigers game that you told me that you were I want so we tried to and we got kiboshed by the fiance, which like two weeks before the wedding, uh he's not allowed to say no. Yeah, well he's not allowed to overrule that. She was like, No, you can't go to a Tigers game, we have too much to do, and he's yeah. not allowed to fight her on it. So did, did, didn't you say but you couldn't do the but Otani? <laughs> I I tried. Uh, but that it was plus. certainly not up to me at that point. I will. I do. I do believe I'll be checking out the Tigers this Sunday, though, and I think they're playing Oakland, but I can't remember. Any last words? Buy Jeff's tickets. Yes, buy my tickets. And uh, with that, since I will not be there, we will definitely see you next week. <laughs>